Welcome back to Happy Little Accents, and I am your host, Kyra. So this week, we're going to be talking about the importance of the secondary market and how resale and fashion art is expanding. So according to ThreadUp's annual resale report, in cooperation with global data, the secondhand industry is predicted to reach $64 billion by 2024. Now, that will be surpassing the traditional uh thrift and donation category. And according to Forbes magazine, resale of fashion items such as sneakers and other collectibles might even just reach 60 or sorry, (laughs) wow, 60, 6 billion in sales by 2025. Now, the concept of resale, vintage fashion, or the secondary market is indeed not uh, novice. It's holistic approach with technology in use. So beyond a basic trend, the circular economy approach is gaining traction in the industry. Fashion's marketing strategies have been tested by apparent shifts in consumer patterns, their connection with ownership, and their purchasing behaviors. The consumer has discovered a valuable offer of apparel and accessories to buy compared to the full price market, thanks to the simplicity of e-commerce, peer-to-peer swaps, and even auction services. So when customers buy secondhand, they're nurturing. Uh, I cannot speak today. They are nurturing a responsibility or even a commitment to the sustainability and reducing waste in the process. So, in the circular economy, all members of fashion's essential supply chain. This includes artists, suppliers, manufacturers, business persons, um, and of course, the consumer must have a holistic view. So sharing, leasing, recycling, mending, refurbishing, and repurposing existing materials or products for as long as possible are are all part of the new circular production and consumption models. So products have a longer life cycle, and we encourage people to recycle as much as possible. Advisors and fashion leaders must focus on the life cycle and renewal of items in order to close the material loop and shift the linear model. So examples in the marketplace that we can see include, um, well, we can see with ThreadUp, uh, the real real, and then we can see uh, secondhand luxury items, premium brands. These brands or these um, consumers are getting from these stores. So if we look at the real real, which is based in San Francisco, um, it's something where we're seeing obviously upcycling and, you know, contributing to that circular economy of the fashion industry. So with new initiatives um, and growing communities of consumers in terms of uh, customers and consigners, the real real is one of the top players in the secondhand market with a defined plan that includes retail locations, solid relationships with premium labels like Sustainable Pioneers, Stella McCartney, Burberry, and the hashtag ReBurberry campaign. The most recent the real, real Gucci, the platform resale value, and the searches are increasing. So we have to understand that clothes aren't garbage. It's past time to put a stop to this wasteful understanding of fashion habits that are damaging our environment. Depop began as a social network in 2011. And since then, they have evolved into a everyone's invited place, right? To like, buy, and sell. So users can favorite pieces or looks with 90% of active users under the age of 26 and more than 26 million registered users across 147 countries. But if we look at Etsy's recent $1.6 billion acquisition of Depop, this completely solidifies the secondary market. It has emerged as one of the most significant revolutions in recent 
retail history appealing to discerning uh, consumers who are growing increasingly concerned about fast fashion. Now, fast fashion did take a questionable stance during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic at the beginning. I did a couple months ago talk about secondhand fashion and even just fast fashion and how understanding fashion trends while being isolated in our homes is going to change the fast fashion market and how we consume new designers and new items. So if we think about it, uh, secondhand fashion expected to be worth more than $84 billion by 2030, more than uh, doubling that of fast fashion, which is expected to be valued roughly at $40 billion at the same time, which is a great you know, statistic. So resale takes many boxes of today's consumers, right? This includes uh, you know, circulating the community, uh, less waste, which of course is important, and affordable clothes. Now, if we look at Reflaunt, which is a pre-Series A funding round led by former Jimmy Choo CEO Pierre Dennis and Johnny, founder and former CEO, um, or just said that completely wrong, um, founder Nicholas, if I'm saying his name wrong, I like to like not get things wrong, so Refstrup raised $2.7 million with the goal of offering a variety of resale models to a more uh, leading global brand, quote unquote. It was kind of phrase weird, but I didn't personally say that. <laughs> and allowing consumers to resale pre-owned products directly on the brand's individual e-commerce platforms. So Etsy states that it will buy budding British shopping app Depop for $1.62 billion or to attract Gen Z consumers. So that means those born between the late 1990s and early 2010s, which is such a refreshing quote to say because as someone who was born in the late 90s, I always consider myself a... Okay, actually, maybe I'm wrong. This quote is not good for me. I consider myself a millennial, but... Statistically, according to Etsy, I am a Gen Zer. So, great. Love it, even though I know what AOL dial-up is. Anyway, so um, pretty much the reason Etsy is trying to attract those who are really dominating social media. And in order for them to understand this capacity, they'll be able to understand and see the drive in a large-scale sustainability movement. So on September 16th, Grailed, a men's fashion streetwear-focused marketplace, announced um, that they completed $60 million of Series B investment round led by fellow resale player Goat Group, which um, with participation from other investors as well as current um, backers, Thrive Capital and Index Index Ventures. Now, on the art side, the primary market reflects the sale of capital that has never been sold before. And as you know, this podcast is all about the intersection of art and fashion in our day-to-day lives and how it really impacts us when you don't think it does. But anyway, um, like I was saying, the primary market uh, reflects the sale of capital. So according to the most basic description of the primary and secondary markets, the secondary market is a resale of capital, such as artwork that has been already valued and sold in the market. So when buying an artwork on the secondary market, you're buying the artwork as well as the financial and artistic history. So an artwork value may rise or fall over time, depending on the value and availability of the artist's other work. Historical events that may impact the secondary market value of an artwork include, but are also not limited to the reputation of collectors who have 
previously acquired the artist's work as well as the purchase of exhibitions of the work by art institutions such as museums. So that was a lot of information I just threw at you guys. But the reputation of collectors who have been um, who have previously acquired the artist's work as well as the purchase history are extremely important in the secondary market. Um, if you think about exhibitions of the artist's work by art institutions such as museums and all historical impactful moments in this artwork indeed impact the secondary market's value of the artwork. So the secondary market is mostly dominated by auction houses like Sotheby's and Christie's. So if we think about uh, Damien Hirst, direct sale of his artwork to an auction house bypassing his gallery representation in the process is an unusual occurrence. I don't know why I'm so excited today, but I love this podcast. So the majority of artworks sold at auction houses were originally part of a private or public collection. And the gains from the sales and artwork on the secondary market go to the seller or to the prior owner of the work artwork, but not the artist, which if you listen to my California Royalties Act podcast, you would know more about this great topic. So because the large scale or the like capacity of the secondary art market encompasses everything from expensive work by current masters to relatively inexpensive for color offset lithographs. Uh, the terminology varies depending on the situation. So when the original buyer decides to sell the art again, this is known as a secondary uh, market sale. While most artwork is sold by collectors, there are times when a gallery will sell pieces straight to the secondary market. This is usually a bad sign because it indicates that the gallery has too much inventory and not enough demand for said piece of artwork. Um, and so there are times when galleries will sell pieces straight to the secondary market in this capacity. This is usually a bad sign, like I just said. And when there are purchases for peace in the main market, no gallery will sell through the secondary market, which is important to know. So just remember that if in that like same situation. Anyway, so from the most prestigious auction houses and individual dealers to established brokers and galleries, all the way down to even just eBay, the secondary art market is really diverse. Artists do not participate in the secondary art market because of exaggerated prices. Only California, who ensures that artists receive a portion of the revenue when their work is resold in that state, aka the California Resale Royalty Act, which is the name of the legislation. This is more typical sort of law in um, European Union countries. So they're unlikely to expand beyond California's border. I've already explored this vastly in previous podcasts, so go check those out. But trust is the lifeline or the bloodline of the resale market. If an artwork is sold directly from an artist's studio rather than through a gallery or a contemporary art show, it's most usually the first time it's been offered for sale. And this is the principal art market. And it's here where the piece's price, yes, is set for the first time. Now, when market demand for an artist's work increases, the value of the pieces rise, resulting in a higher primary market price. So the secondary market, often known as a secondhand market, is where a piece goes after it has been purchased on the main market and resold. Although secondary markets are often uh, consistent than those of young or mid-career artists, the goal of those engaged in the sale is to get the best price feasible. Now, a collector uh, will pay a greater price in expectation of the artwork being later sold for more, right? And that's obviously expected. We see that all the time. If you look at the stock market, people are buying low, selling high. Same thing. People uh, use that same uh, psychology within the art world. So, 
Christie's and Sotheby's, for example, really trade in the primary market because they exist to fuel the secondary market. When marketing a quote-unquote branded product, there is a delicate line to walk without acquiring legal permission to use another brand's um, emblem. We may meet, or so we can uh, let's see, anticipate to see more legal challenges to how retailers use uh, like intellectual goods as the resale sector gets more challenges, right? And more competitive and more commercialized with huge brand agreements. So prices for established artists in the secondary market are frequently more consistent than prices for the beginning or the mid-career contemporary artists, providing a more reliable um, profit stream. So Great example, Pace Gallery, a contemporary um, staple in our society, is well known for its booming secondary market business. But auction houses exist. Now, I'm emphasizing the word exist to assist in the secondary market circulation, except for Damien Hirst's big, beautiful inside my head forever sale. So it'll be September 2008. Okay, just remember that. I mentioned this before. Works on the auction block does not originate directly from the artist's studio. So that was um, out of the ordinary. Anyway, so taking commission based on sales prices, auction houses earn from flipping on the secondary art market. Now, it's interesting uh, the importance of the secondary market in both of these sectors and how they actually play out. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of sustainability and the rotation of a luxury good is the continuous strict parameters that Chanel has been making news over and over again. Now, I know in one article uh, to a news outlet, Chanel said they were wanting to keep their exclusivity of their brand and something along the lines of that is a very interesting concept because not being Chanel obviously wants to serve a certain clientele, but they also want to be involved in that process. But this reminds me of the relationship between a gallerist and their collectors. But I've also heard and also have been reading that Chanel wants to reach the likes of Hermes status, right? Something that is a very coveted position in our society. So if you've ever been to an art fair like Basel, Untitled, and the list goes on, on most of the, the pieces in the booth have actually just been sold right you're literally like you get to the art fair and you're looking at something that is probably about to be shipped to their house in like 28 hours so similarly this speaks to the communication standards that exist in the art world and the fashion world now this brings up the question does the secondary market open doors to more diverse markets well in some capacity yes it does oftentimes i hear these two categories are for the rich but let's work that backwards so to buy a Carrie James Marshall, let's say you have $40,000, or to buy a Kelly Birkin, right? You need the amount of the money as deposable income. So essentially, you probably have a couple grand if you're willing to drop that, and hopefully you do, unless, you know, you're just down to, down to spend the money, but, you know, do you. But, you know, how do we get there? So this cash is actually not coming from a typical nine-to-five, right? They're coming from an income source that's usually at a higher end in their field, right? Higher pay. What does that also mean? This means networking for the gallery and the artist and things that they're working on, projects they're working on, exclusive access that they're working on. So the esteem of these markets are not just black and white, they're actually gray. And the gray is the intimacy they reveal in the ecosystem of both of these worlds. They each need um, participation because everyone has a purpose in it. So it's kind of like why they're social clubs. We think about the Jack and Jill community, right? These are affluent um, networking communities selected to advance the people in that network, but also benefit literally everyone in that network. Like no child is left behind. 
So the same people who are buying art and designer items are probably sending their kids to elite schools. Why? It's the same foundational thought. So while this need for exclusivity may seem elitist, one sentence, it really amplifies um, the word secondary, right? In the phrase of the secondary market. So now I pretty much have a minimalist style. My closet um, is pretty much full at this point, but I love art. So when I look to buy art, um, there is a sense that I'm getting that might come from my art background, but I get this uh, external and like intrinsic value because of the time I spend writing and going to art fairs and embedding my life with these artists from articles to my thesis. So um, I'm really looking to look at art, interact with art that has an impactful aspect on my life. But some people don't understand this and don't think it makes sense, right? This could be like, you know, buying um, something by Bisa Butler versus buying something at Target. Not saying that Target sucks, love Target, but those are obviously two different perspectives on buying art. So when I think about, um, you know, when people are buying designer items, right? I imagine it's the same feeling of fashion week and the exclusive items, like the experience you have is a whole experience. The cost isn't just a tangible item. It's pretty much what the item comes with that you can't even put into a physical form. Um, but if I'm going to bring up the secondary market, I also have to bring up fast fashion and the mythology behind that, right? So there's less emotional impact that in that now you can argue and say, well, it's more, you know, economically accessible, but like, tell me something you bought probably in four colors that you had a diehard connection with. Now you could always um, say the secondary market has been um, one major thing in common is the investment, right? So as humans, we seek connections and this connection with our investments seem to go hand in hand, honestly. So when you think about this, understand what makes it the secondary fine art market. First, what you need to understand is um, essentially the solutions around these moments in the art world specifically. So from there, um, when I think about secondary art market and many the vastness of the secondary art market, it really encompasses everything from high priced work by modern masters to relatively modest four piece color um, offset lithographs, you know, the jargon and the variations will always continue and depend on those items. So the artwork enters the secondary market af after it's purchased on the primary market. And something important to know, obviously. So this is the point at which the artworks price is set for the first time, right? First time the number is going to hit the market. When an artwork uh, enters secondary market after it's been purchased on the primary market and the buyer, whether a collector, a business, a foundation, or a dealer decides to sell it. Most artworks in an auction house, for example, are part of the secondary market because they've already been purchased. So in layman's terms, the secondary market is also known as used, right? Or secondhand market, which obviously is pretty obvious. Um, but when an artist and a collector strike a contract, everything is pretty simple. Uh, when an artist sells a work wholesale to a gallery that subsequently sells it at a full retail, the issue is more complicated. In this case, the gallery's retail transaction is considered the principal market transaction. Of course, there's obviously additional first sale strategies to consider. Um, but when the original buyer decides to sell that art again, this is on the secondary market, right? So while most art is sold by 
collectors in this market, this is a time when a gallery will sell pieces straight to secondary market. Well, there are times, right? This is usually a bad sign because it indicates that the gallery has too much inventory and not enough demand for that art. So good thing to kind of, you know, watch out and think about. But when there are purchases for pieces in the main market, no gallery will sell through secondary market. Now, artists do not participate in the secondary market because of exaggerated prices. But only in California um, do they ensure that artists receive a portion of the revenue when the work is resold in the state. That was something that was a big debate. You can listen to my podcast on that, but talking about how royalties in America really uh, contradict royalties for artists in Europe and other parts of the world. So it's also called the California Resale Royalty Act, and that's the name of the legislation. Uh, this is more typical law, like I said, with the European Union countries. And obviously, this has been very unlikely to ever expand beyond California's borders. But NFT art is kind of, you know, changing that. But that's a completely different topic that we'll talk about another day. <laughs> so similar to how the secondary art market is so centralized, we can compare this to the fashion industry. So by 2030, the secondhand clothes market is expected to double the size of fast fashion. The fast fashion industry is dwindling due to COVID. So the fashion industry is transitioning to a much more long-term perspective. The resale industry will grow far faster than the traditional retail over the next 10 years, with secondhand goods predicted to double in size of fast fashion by 2030, which is very, you know, it's crazy, honestly. We live in a country, if you're in America listening to this, we live in a capitalist society. And spending our money is what people want us to do. So why do we buy fast fashion probably more than we're buying high-end fashion? Because it's cheaper and it works and you can buy more of it and you can swap it out. And because we're targeted, we have ads targeted every five seconds. If I told you that I every day when I go on Instagram, aloe yoga is not popping up on my screen and I am not looking at this nice soft leggings, that would be a lie. So uh, capitalism is finest. But the resale sector is actually expected to develop 11 times faster than traditional retail. So from 84 billion by 2030 with fast fashion expected to be valued around 40 billion. In the circular economy, all members of the fashion valuable supply chain, including designers, producers, manufacturers, business entrepreneurs, and of course the buyers must have a system preference to understand everything going on. Now, I want to just end this podcast with saying that obviously the fashion industry and the art market are different business um, ecosystems, right? And the reality is how our society buys art is not how our society buys clothes. This also goes back to understanding art and understanding the differences of how our society views art, views fine art, how our society views clothes because essentially the clothes on our back are mass-produced oftentimes and when we think of mass-produced art we also buy mass-produced art so these two industries have a lot of similarities but due to the um if we look at hermes chanel goyard uh Velextra, all these stores as galleries right that are selling their work to loyal clients that often come back and these loyal clients can sign these works or they you know resell them in some capacity it is just like the art market 
but we're seeing because of production and labor and how the relationship with a designer and a manufacturer and a fashion house versus a single artist works, we see that. But we also understand that there's plenty of artists, right, who um, who are mass producing work. They're, they have, you know, people helping them. They have plenty of designers where they have the initial concept and it's all playing out. So I'm not necessarily talking about the sustainability aspect of the fashion world, but I'm talking about how we pretty much value fine art and how we search for certain pieces of work, right? Um, but then how that contradicts how people search for certain pieces of work in terms of the fashion industry. No one I know in the art world is looking for a fake Carrie James Marshall. That just sounds ridiculous. But people are searching for fake Chanel's all the time. So I'm curious to hear what you guys have to think. But what? how does that make you feel when you have to take yourself out of what maybe something you don't interact with? So someone who is very, um, you know, immersed into the art world, I would never think of a forged painting, right? But also I, because of my art appreciation and the artists I value, it would just contradict anything I ever wanted to do. It'd just be kind of a waste of my time. But there's plenty of people who want to walk around with a Chanel bag, but why? Because society tells you to? Because that's my real question here is how does your buying habits change if we change the market? If we take the same constraints on two different markets that are operating pretty much identical in some capacity, and we decide, no, it doesn't work like that. Anyway, let me know what you think, guys. And before you go, make sure you check out my website, kyramarera.info, for more information and seeing my latest editorials. Check out my YouTube channel, Confessions of a Gallerina, and check out my Instagram, Confessions of a Gallerina, to see my daily art adventures. Hey.